Welcome to Walking with Freya, a journey through special needs parenting. This podcast is a place for parents and caregivers of children with special needs to share stories, the very real struggles and challenges we face, along with the inevitable love and joy these children have brought into our lives. This is a place for unapologetic honesty, well-intentioned laughter, and endless support. A safe place for us to learn, share, discuss, and help each other navigate this often unexpected journey. Be kind, be supportive, and when you can, keep the humor. My name is Annie, and welcome to Walking with Freya. Hey everyone, welcome back to Walking with Freya. Today is August 15th and this should have come out this morning, but I am just now recording this. We are, we're still in summer and I've been out of town and now I have a dog with a broken leg that I've been nursing. And so I'm just trying to get back into it. So it will be just me today and it'll be off a little more off the cuff, but I will keep it kind of short since it's just me. I want to stay in the flow. I want to I want to keep doing this and I will get back, start getting back in some more interviews here very shortly. School is starting in a few weeks and for the first time in 14 years all of my children will be going away to school and I just <laughs> I can't believe what I want to do with my time. I'm so excited. I I've just finished a novel. I'm going to publish that soon and I will definitely let you guys know when that happens, but I'll have more writing coming out and Anyway, I'm sure a lot of you can can relate. I'm just really looking forward to the time, but also the the heartache of of seeing my kids just in the second part of the day. Like that's it now. I'm just handing them over. Anyway, right now they are cleaning their room, and so hopefully they're gonna stay quiet for a while as I record this. But that aside, I wanted to come on and get back to the regular every two weeks and. I wrote up a little bit about what I wanted to talk about and kind of has to do with this whole um, care provider, uh, you know, this culture that we live in and what is seen as important and what's not seen at all. And, you know, we live in a culture where typically the money maker is kind of the top dog, right? Like that's what we, people that make the more money, we, we kind of give a little more credence to a little more um, respect. You know, we have this, we, we live in a capitalist society and that's how it works. So, you know, a lot of times domestic work, even paid domestic work is seen as not as important as many other jobs. Domestic work is taken for granted. And I think a lot of times it is the common expectation that it is the woman's job in a relationship. And I know that that is not always the case. I mean, and I, you know, I don't send me emails about gender equality. Believe me, I'm a huge advocate for gender equality. I'm raising three daughters. That is a a huge part of my life. And I could also go on for quite a while about my own turmoil of becoming a a mother and a wife when it was something I, I had never envisioned for myself. In fact, it was one of the the lowest things on my list, on my list of to do. But one day I found myself in love and pregnant with a man who is a wonderful provider. And, you know, it went from there. I've been a stay-at-home mom and I homeschooled for a while and I am a, a housewife. I'm also a writer and obviously a podcaster. But, you know, I, I everything that I do is in this realm 
even, you know, even the writing, you know, everything that I do is in this realm that's not really seen by the outside world, the public sector. And so it just gets me, it gets me thinking sometimes about, well, just that issue, but then this unrecognized work, which work isn't really the, the word I want to use, but I don't want to use, you know, chore, or res- you know, responsibility, right? So take these responsibilities and then you add a special needs child. And I know most of you can relate perhaps more so than I can, you know, of, of what that requires and what that entails. I do want to say that I, uh, as a side note, I have gotten some great feedback from mothers who do not have children with special needs, but they listen to this podcast. And I just want to say to them, thank you so much for taking the time to listen and hold this space for us because I really mean so much. And so as mothers know, and fathers, I'm not excluding fathers at all. I I don't mean to exclude fathers at all, but, you know, parenting, you know, take parenting and then you have a special needs child and you add responsibilities of being a nurse and being a therapist. And I don't mean just one kind of therapy, but you gotta, you gotta know your physical therapy, your occupational therapy. You gotta really understand the difference between fine motor skills and gross motor skills and you got to do speech therapy, and then, you know, you got to do your own research to find these, to find these other alternative therapies that, that can work and can be really beneficial for your child. You have to be a teacher, uh, and you have to be an advocate, and, you know, so many things. You know, there's things that we as parents do, but when you have a child with these, as Natalie put it, additional needs, um, you you know, you really got to step up to the role. I just was in Florida visiting my mother-in-law who thankfully lives 45 minutes away from one of my favorite people in the entire world. She is a Prada release specialist in Gainesville and she is the first person to ever really give us hope about Prada release syndrome. And, uh, so, you know, I'm very grateful for her. And so we got to see her. It was the first time in a, in a couple of years. So the night before, I just <laughs> was consolidating Freya's growth charts from UCSF and from her local pediatrician, and I, and I was you know graphing out her growth and in correlation with her with the changes in her growth hormone dose, and just you know trying to to piece together this puzzle of Freya's growth. You know, it was just this this prep work for for this appointment. And it just really got me thinking there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff. And that's just a minor example. But one of the things that we found out at Freya's appointment is that she has beginnings of scoliosis. So here is, you know, it's kind of a side note, but it's also, it's part of what I'm saying that scoliosis is something that I found is fairly common. However, with Freya's disorder, it's something that is fairly common. And I know a lot of kids end up having surgery or they end up having to wear a body brace for quite a while. I'm not even really sure. I never really thought too much about it because Freya never, it was never an issue for Freya until now. And that's the thing that really got me was that I had kind of forgotten about it. And when the specialist was showing me, you know, Freya's back and how I can, how, how to tell uh, where the scoliosis is starting. And I, I mentioned that it hasn't been checked. Nobody's checked for that in a while. And she just looked at me in utter shock. And she said, are you kidding me? And now I could say, well, that's on her doctors. Why wouldn't they check for that? But really, that's on me. And I just felt like such a jackass. Because this is one of the 
things that I know that can happen with kids with her disorder. And it's on me to remind the doctors, hey, we got to look for scoliosis. Hey, I need you to check this because I have a daughter with a rare disorder. And these doctors, they don't know every every little nuance there is with this, with these challenges. And so that's on me. So I felt pretty crappy about that. (sighs) But the other thing is that, you know, I've been so with her starting school this last year, I've been so caught up in the intellectual issues and the social issues and making sure that school was going smoothly for her that I kind of forgot about the freaking medical issues and the physical issues. And it's just, ah, there's sometimes so many little things that you have to remember and then you have to keep track of. And if you freaking let one slip, you know, now, now my daughter's beginnings with scoliosis, like her spine is starting to twist. Because that's what happens. I know scoliosis is a curve, but with her condition, that's how it starts. It starts with a twist. Starts to twist. Anyway, so that was that was a real eye opener and just kind of a, you know, God, what's happening? What am I doing? You know, I, I've I have found this amazing non-invasive therapy, the rhythmic movements, and that you know, I did it for a brief period of time. She showed incredible improvements, but I haven't done this therapy at all this summer, partly because she doesn't want to, and I'm just not up for that battle. And I haven't made it an obligation and that's not okay. That doesn't feel good. But now not only do I need to really, to really create the time and the space to do that therapy, but now I've got to add the, the therapy and the, the core workout and, you know, to deal with the scoliosis. And one of the things the doctor suggested, strongly suggested, was getting a vibrating platform for Freya to stand on 10 minutes a day. And the specialist assured me that she's going to fall down, so make sure there's pillows around. She assured me that Freya is going to hate it, especially in the beginning, So because it's going to be really hard. So I need to come up with a good way to bribe her to do it. And the specialist recommended like turning the TV on for, you know, that 10 minutes and which is fine, except we really try and limit the screen time. And especially because she goes to a Waldorf school, they, they, they strongly suggest no screen time during the school week, which I am 100% behind. But now if I got to get Freya to stand on this thing, what am I going to stand there and do a song and dance for 10 minutes? I don't know. So there's that. And then, you know, it's making her wear her eye patch half of the day and then, you know, convincing her to do that and wear your glasses. That's not that big of a deal. But I'm also, uh, you know, trying to be prepared for how this next school year is going to go because she's going into first grade. She's going to be mainstreamed. She's not going to have an aide in the classroom. She will get pulled out a couple of days a week. But I'm not sure that any, that, that all is going to be enough for her to be successful in first grade. So I'm counting on having to spend a good chunk of time with her myself to help her progress and learn. And so she can keep up with her peers the best she can. So, you know, there's just a lot. And so, and it all sounds, I know it sounds petty in the grand scheme of things. I mean, my daughter is healthy and happy and she's doing great. She's, you know, she has friends. She's, 
you know, she's got a good life. And so I'm not, I don't mean to, to be complaining. This is not a, I hope this doesn't sound like a bitch fest because that's not what it is. It's, it's just this recognition of God in a way. It's a recognition that I already feel like I'm failing in so many ways at times. And now uh, there are just more ways to fail. I know <laughs> that sounds pretty, <laughs> that doesn't sound very positive. Um, but, you know, I just have to be more aware. There's more responsibilities to take on and it's just going to get that way. She gets older and older and, you know, I have a few other battles coming up with like her prescribing endocrinologist who does not agree with the specialist that her growth hormone le- dose needs to increase. And, you know, this is not the first time I've had to argue with doctors. And I know those of you parents that have children with special needs know that there are times where you just have to, you know, <laughs> throw the gloves off and go in there and just fight like hell to get what your kid needs and what you know they need. And it's can be very intimidating. When, especially when you're going up against doctors. Um, I've done it before, and I'll do it again. My child is coming up here. You need to get down. I'm trying to record. So my girls just came up. They're done cleaning their room. <laughs> but I realized that I am sitting here in this situation of having all the time in the world to devote to my daughter. I mean, that's, you know, if I give up on my other children and all of my dreams, that is, you know. Um, but I I do. I have, I am blessed with being in a situation where I can put forth this time. So I just want to take a moment to be grateful for that. But I also want to really recognize the single working parents of children with special needs because I can only imagine the stress you are under and the workload that you carry. I know what it is like to be on this journey with someone who is on my side, who loves my daughter as much as I do, who I can ask for advice when making important decisions about our child's care, Someone who bears the burden of keeping the lights on and the groceries coming and and all of that and my car running and all that stuff I don't have to think about. And still, still I can feel overwhelmed. But you parents, you single working parents, you do it all. You are teacher, you are loving parent, you are therapist, medical advocate, breadwinner, nurse, comforter, the source of strength. You are doing it all and you just need a break. Maybe, maybe you get up before dawn earlier than any of your other children so you can sit and drink a cup of coffee in silence, sweet, blissful silence. Or maybe you give kisses and tuck them into bed before sneaking out to have a beer or a glass of wine or hell, the whole freaking bottle on the couch in front of the TV before you have to wake up and do it all over again tomorrow. Maybe you are so exhausted that you fall asleep with them and wake in the night feeling frustrated that you lost another chance at solitude. And I know, as parents of typically developing children don't often realize, that sometimes the knowledge that you will always be their caretaker can be so overwhelming. There is no, there may be no 18 and leaving the house moment 
And even if they do leave the house, it's to somewhere where they're cared for. It's a special home, and you have to monitor the hell out of that place because we live in a world where not everybody has our children's best interest at heart, and they may not ever be able to stand up for themselves or advocate for themselves successfully. So that's a job that we will always have. And while my road may be a little easier than yours, I know the feeling. And I see you. I see the struggles, the heartache, the terrifying realization of life ahead. I see the immense love you have for your child, the protection and safety you offer them over your own comfort, your own time, the tears you cry in your bathroom with the shower running, and the heart-swelling laughs of your child's joy. I know the fear of who will care for them if something happens to you, and I see the exhaustion that sometimes weighs so heavily. And I know that my seeing is not enough. My recognition of your journey does not change the path or make it easier. So... Let's not stop there. Let's talk about how we can help. What changes need to be made? What help do you need offered? What do you need your community to do or to change to help with you and your child's journey? How do you need to be advocated for? I want to open this discussion for all of us. I want to make this a real discussion, a public discussion. You can email me. You can come on to this podcast if this is something you want to talk about. You can message me in private. You can get on the Facebook page, Walking with Freya. Let's have this conversation. Let's figure out how we can help you and how we can help each other. As I've said before, I really believe in this podcast, in this project, in this community that we're creating, and the things that we can accomplish together if we come together as a community. So please, if you have any insight, any recommendation, any, any words of wisdom or any complaints or any frustrations that you want to share, please feel free to come on and talk about this or to talk about this. You can email it to me. You can send it to me and I can, I can read it on air. I just want to create this space and this dialogue for for change and for advocacy. Yeah, hopefully this episode was not too convoluted and all over the place. So yeah, I hope everyone is having a lovely summer. Thanks for being here. I want to ask a favor. Are you finding these stories helpful? Are you finding comfort and knowing that you are not alone on your journey? that we all experience frustrations and grief and confusion along with the joys and the laughter and the smiles. Can you help me spread the word so that others can be a part of this community we are creating so they too can have the opportunity to find acceptance, inspiration, comfort, and connection through these stories? In your community, your special needs community, can you share this podcast? Is there an episode that really speaks to you or perhaps discusses an issue you know a friend or peer is grappling with? Send them the link to the episode. Tell them how to find it. 
I am sharing the word on Instagram and Facebook and in my special needs community, but I need your help also. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. It's one press of a button, and that will be sure that you get the newest episodes as they come out, along with getting this podcast higher on the charts. Please rate the podcast and leave a review. This also helps get the podcast noticed by more people, some of whom may really need to hear these stories. And also remember that if you would like to share your story, you can email me at walkingwithfreya at gmail.com. Get in touch with me, let me know that you want to share it, and we will figure out how we can do that. I really and truly believe in what it is that I am doing here. I know what benefits can come from sharing our stories, our own reflection, a deeper understanding of our journey, an acceptance, a newfound hope, movement through the grief, connections, and compassion. All of these are such positive aspects that we gain when we share our stories, when we listen to others share theirs, and we become a part of this community. So thank you for your help in getting this podcast out into the world. Thank you for listening to my story. Thank you for sharing your story. And thanks for being a part of this special needs community. Because we all need each other. Thanks for being here.